Good morning. I'm going to begin with what feels a bit like a confession for a justice-seeking Mennonite, which is I don't like protest marches. <laughs> I don't like rallies. Even for fun and joyful events like the Pride Parade, I feel like I need to gird myself up a little bit. I get nervous about losing the people that I'm with. I worry about what if I need to go to the bathroom. Just the idea of standing around or walking for miles just makes my stomach kind of sink. And all those bodies that, Na that uh, Melanie talked about doing what bodies do all together in a crowd, making noise, moving around, that just like get very anxious inside, just thinking about that could go on. But that is exactly what Jesus walked right into in the story which we heard today. He rode into it, actually, on a donkey. Uh, even after years in ministry and after preaching on Palm Sunday several times, surprising amount of times for, the, for uh, the number of times I actually preach in this congregation, even after all of these years and this many times in worship and waving palm branches and reading these stories, I still learn and hear new things in this narrative. And one awareness that was brought home to me this year as I read this story from Matthew is that in Matthew, at least, the movement was of Jesus from the countryside to the back of a donkey and right into Jerusalem and right into the temple. From the road on the donkey and right into the temple. This may not be new to you. This, you may have been on top of this movement this whole time. Uh, but this is a, actually one, it's a whole story. And we never read it that way on Palm Sunday. We read it about the entry into Jerusalem and then we stop. At least we usually do. But in Matthew anyway, it is all together. It is all of a piece. A planned, non-violent strategy on Jesus' part. A drama of anti-empire march straight into a table-turning pro-life and in the best way a life-affirming action designed to build on each other to work together this whole drama happening at once and throughout this whole action shouts of hosanna are holding it together holding it together highlighting the response of the people to what jesus is doing Hosanna on the road, Hosanna in the temple. <clears throat> now, I can, when I hear the, Hosanna, the word Hosanna, I can fairly hear that without immediately the strains of Jesus Christ Superstar playing in my head. Hosanna, hey, Zanna, 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 Hosanna, hey, Zanna, Hosanna. Hey, JC, JC, won't you smile at me? It's bright and it's poppy and it's a little bit trippy and it is a song literally praising Jesus as a superstar. And the Hosannas to hymns that we sang this morning too have that like, they're not poppy at all, but uh, they definitely are pretty and uh, they center children waving the palms in a very pretty way of hopeful anticipation. Uh, <clears throat> we sang them already. I don't need to sing those ones again. But even when we sing those songs, those ones that are in our hymnals, 
that are anticipating the cross and ultimately anticipating the resurrection. Our palm-weaving celebrations are always just that. They're, they're celebrations in praise, and we've severed any relationship in those hymns. And even in Jesus Christ Superstar, as much as I love it, with the relationship to those palm branches or those bamboo branches or those cedar branches being waving, the waving of protest, of calling attention to injustice. Uh, the word Hosanna has, in the Bible, it biblically does have sort of a, a general expression of praise. It does have that connotation. And it's, it's particularly associated with messianic praise, so that future hope of the one who is coming. The hoped-for one. So that's there. That connotation is there. But we're challenged by Jesus to think about exactly what kind of a leader and ruler we're celebrating when we wave our branches. And as Megan has pointed out, as Melanie has pointed out in a really helpful way, Hosanna literally means save us. And so how does it sound? How did it start to sound as we heard little children crying, save us? Save us! heir of David. It's not as lovely an anthem as the Hosanna, Hosanna, or as the Hosanna, the little children cried that we sang in our hymns. In fact, when I hear it, as I started to think about what that sounded like out of the mouths of children, save us! It started to sound a little more like I can't breathe. Hands up, don't shoot. Not one more. Jesus rode into Jerusalem in a way that directly, directly contra contradicted the kind of saving action that people had come to anticipate and expect. That in some ways, our culture still anticipates and expects expects the kind of saving that comes along with violence and just put more guns in schools and that will be the solution. He rode in on a donkey instead of on a war horse. And he was accompanied by his motley crew of disciples instead of a battalion. And he was hailed with branches instead of spears. His was and is a reign of nonviolence love. And then when he walked directly into the temple and those hosannas, those save us, still ringing, and he turns over the tables of the sellers and traders, he begins to answer the call for saving. Save us, heir of David. And then he does. The tables are turned, that economy of sacrifice, the offerings of sheep and pigeons, that temple currency. But actually, Jesus actually saves. They bring him those who need healing, those who aren't walking, those who cannot see, those who are unclean by the standard of temple worship. And Jesus heals them. He touches those people who might be considered unclean. 
And he literally saved them. The ones who might have been turned away. Hosanna. And the temple authorities are infuriated. Appalled. And they are especially aghast, as Megan pointed out, when the children in the temple are crying out, Hosanna, because what are the children doing in the temple anyway? Hosanna, save us, heir of David. How dare they be seen and not heard? Who are they? When I was in grade four, the grade five class, saying Whitney Houston's The Greatest Love of All. You are welcome to sing along with this one, too. <laughs> I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. <laughs> Let's sing. Okay. <laughs> Um, it was only real later that I realized some of the irony in children singing, I believe the children are the future. But nine-year-old me was dazzled by pop. In fact, now, as an adult, I am usually annoyed when I hear someone say the children are the future. I mean, it's still a good song. I'm annoyed when I hear someone say the youth are the future of the church for example, is a thing we hear. Because friends, the future is now. The youth are already leading. This time last year, Palm Sunday last year, fell on the same weekend as March for Our Lives. I was gonna bring the poster in. You can go look at the poster on my door later. Voices like Emma Gonzalez and David Hogg have become household names in their eloquence and their wisdom. And I encourage you, after I post this sermon, to go follow some of the links and listen to their voices. They literally called BS on politicians and named the very real fact, and they're still doing it, the very real fact that communities of color have been experiencing gun violence and calling for action for decades but it's taken the voices and actions of white and white passing students to get attention. And they've had a lot of blowback, these young people, because how dare they be making themselves seen and heard in this way? How dare they call out adults? And yet they have drawn in youth and adults of all stripes across the nation to raise our voices together. Hosanna! Hosanna, our children. In May of 1963, we keep, we, see, we, keep we keep forgetting that youth and children have voices, but in May of 1963, the Children's Crusade in Birmingham, Alabama, changed the course of the civil rights movement. With children as young as nine and 10 marching, being arrested, being shot with water, water cannons, and continuing to stand for justice, I can clearly remember a time in this congregation when our youth influenced the direction of our congregational discernment when we were in conversation about welcoming a queer uh, ministry intern. Our own youth are doing amazing work now in 
clean water advocacy and writing award-winning essays and co connecting with the Duwamish tribe and painting a beautiful mural on the side of our building. As Jesus' disciples, we follow him into Jerusalem and into the temple and then back out into the street again. We have an opportunity to save and to be saved. To live Hosanna. Like marches, those kinds of public actions make me anxious and uncomfortable because what if I won't know anyone? What if I get in trouble? What will happen? And I keep trying to remind myself of words like those in this picture book, which I did remember, by Shane Evans. I will happily share this with anyone who would like to look at it afterwards. Called The March. This is how it goes. The morning is quiet. The sun rises and we prepare to march. We pray for strength. We work together. We come from all over to march. We follow our leaders. We walk together. We sing. We are hot and tired, but we are filled with hope. We lean on each other as we march to justice, to freedom, to our dreams. So, trusting that I can inhabit my own discomfort and fragility and push through it, trusting that I can lean on others, trusting that I can sing and pray and gather strength, I am going to do what others have done before me and join the table-turning actions this week. This Tuesday, along with other faith communities and faith leaders, I will show up at the ICE offices in Coquilla, the same building, by the way, where I am hoping to become a citizen in only a few months. And I will protest. I will protest human rights violations carried out by ICE against refugees and immigrants. Families and kids are welcome, by the way. You are welcome. I do not presume that, like Jesus, I can heal with my presence. But maybe I will be healed. Maybe I will build within myself some resilience against the fragility and anxiety and discomfort and forget about needing or expecting a safe space for myself and instead show up for and create a brave faith. It is time to follow the call of children crying Hosanna. Save us. And it is time to show up. Time to go into uncomfortable spaces and situations to wave branches or protest signs to turn tables and to call for healing and change. And maybe our cries of Hosanna, our cries of save us on behalf of justice will be heeded. Indeed, may it be so. Amen.